had a breakdown, a little, <laughs> just a little miniature breakdown earlier today. Mm-hmm. I have this new dress. Mm-hmm. Very cute. Thank you. But without a belt, it's just like a, it's a little bit like a, like a tent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very movable fabric. Mm-hmm. And so I was <laughs> having a real time of it this afternoon because, well, my uterus is going to explode any moment. <laughs> <laughs> know what sparked this but i think danny asked me like because i had a belt on Mm -hmm. and but then i took the belt off because i was doing stuff around the house and it was getting sweaty around the belt yeah oh i hate when that happens (laughs) very uncomfortable (laughs) so i took the belt off and danny goes oh you took your belt off i was like yeah because i was really i'm doing stuff it's getting really hot and sweaty (laughs) underneath it and then i proceeded to cry (laughs) say that that i was a shell of my former self (laughs) and that i was a sad lonely woman (laughs) and and danny's like no you're fine i was like i literally just watched a true crime documentary with nancy grace (laughs) and i'm wearing a (laughs) momo With my fuzzy slippers on, fucking swiffering, and I was like, "Who am I? I'm like Mama June." I had a real, a real moment. And Danny's like, "Come here," and she's like patting my back, and I was like, "I'm not really lonely. I'm fine. I'm just, I'm just sad right now." It's like. Oh, yeah, you're going to bleed soon. (laughs) And that's how my day went. (laughs) And now I'm better. (laughs) Because it's cocktails with the girls. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that happened. But also, that doesn't sound like a bad time. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've been fucking comfortable and super productive Mm -hmm. all day. (laughs) So clearly things have turned out just perfectly fine in my new dress. And uh, sad feelings be damned. <laughs> Fuck you, uterus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hi, everyone. <laughs> What's good, y'all? I'm Cassie. I'm Kiana. <laughs> and this is that broad's got moxie. This is that broad's got cocktails. <laughs> she's got cocktails. She's got breakdowns. Very sweaty. <laughs> I have two. <laughs> I tried to, like, the AC's been on in the other room, so mm-hmm. I opened the door to the podcast. Podcast. Podcast dome. Yes. Oh, that was good. Thank you. I opened the door so there could be some circulation in here, but as soon as we closed it and started breathing and talking also- and laughing, <laughs> things got out of control. Also. We are drinking, in case you haven't picked it up yet. <laughs> and anytime, anytime I have a sip of alcohol, it is... Immediately hot. It is summertime in my body. <laughs> I am the furnace. <laughs> Middle of January? Nope. July, baby. <laughs> yeah. So, who's going first this week? We've got, we've got exciting things to talk about, methinks. Oh. Is it me? Perfect. How about those Olympics? Those Olympics, man. <laughs> Wowza. Things have been happening. Think, so much has been happening. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we won't say. <laughs> Although we support Simone Biles. Yes. Take care of yourself, everyone. Mm-hmm. It's important. Make choices that are good for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going first this week. So. <laughs> you see that big rock? That big piece of salt? I got it. Lamp? My okay. purse. My purse is satisfactory. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I think exemplary. <laughs> you mean a fucking five on that. Five out of five. Not a four out of five. Come on. <laughs> I'm your friend. <laughs> is cute purse. Thank you. You're welcome. Goodwill, four ninety-nine. <gasps> Perfect. I love it. So we all know nothing happens in my brain that doesn't then lead to a wild goose chase. <laughs> so what started as me listening to the latest episode with Hedy Lamar? 
<laughs> the one that just came out prior to us recording. Mm. I was like, man, what a great gal. Yeah. All of her cool inventions that we are still using the technology for today. Mm-hmm. What would I be doing on my fucking iPad right now if not for Wi-Fi? Fucking nothing. Yeah. Playing bubble bops. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a game. <laughs> Whatever. Bejeweled. Bejeweled. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Candy Crush. Something. Anyway. And then I was like, inventions. Oh. Huh. Interesting. And then I was going to talk about like lady inventors, but I was like, these are all, I just, I don't want to just cover one. I want to cover them all. But then I was like, no, I can't cover them all because they all have very very different stories and like cool shit that they all did. So I was like, I know I'll do inventions that terrible men came up with (laughs) (laughs) that were specifically aimed towards women. And then... It got me thinking, well, I don't want to actually talk about these. Look, basically what we're talking about today, I titled it Beauty Nonsense. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I'm interested. So it is all about just how the patriarchy and misogyny <laughs> and sexism has always been like, hey, ladies, you're not good enough. Let's make some shit that's going to make you. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, because I thought it would be funny. Okay. I'm into it. And a couple of these do have visual accompaniments oh. that I will be showing you. I'm- and then I will then put on the Instagram and the Facebook so our listeners can also see them because what a treat. <laughs> All right. I'm so pleased we have cocktails for this. Me too. <laughs> That's going to be so Yesterday much when you were like, can we have a cocktail hour and record? I was like, you bet your sweet ass we can. <laughs> this is going to be good. Here we go. I need two hands for this <laughs> so I can read and also so I can flip. Oh, yes. Because you're giving a presentation. Yes. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> it's 2021. And as we all know, trends come and go with each new decade. Like Crocs. <gasps> <laughs> and, <laughs> and with each new trend in clothing. I was really on one when I was writing this last I night. I love this. So here we go. Buckle up, y'all. <laughs> This is a different podcast. It is. I love it. (laughs) I'm drunk and witty. (laughs) Okay. And with each new trend in clothing, diet, hair, or makeup, some fucking guy comes along and invents something to, quote, help women. To make them thinner or prettier. Just basically more desirable to men. Barf. (laughs) While some of these trends are amazing, like a good red lipstick... Some of these trends should just stay where they belong, in the past. I would like to share some of those less than glorious products with you. (laughs) If this is just (laughs) you railing against Crocs, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to walk out this door. It's not, I promise. (laughs) Uh, I did see several children on my way to Burgerville today Mm -hmm. wearing just a rainbow of Crocs. And I was like... (laughs) Wow. <laughs> 20 years ago, that had been me on that Razor scooter. Have I transported in time? What's going on? <laughs> okay. So first up, we're talking fashion faux pas. The first one, crinolines. Oh. These enormous hoops were all the rage in the mid-1800s. They were seen as revolutionary at the time because women could wear stylishly big skirts made with less fabric, making them lighter and easier to walk in. Hmm. Great. Wonderful. So, in case you need a visual, Scarlett O'Hara and Gone with the Wind. Mm -hmm. Just like hoop skirt with a 16-foot radius. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Enormous. However, with great circumference comes great responsibility. (laughs) And if you weren't careful, these fancy skirts could be deadly. One year in England, 300 women died in crinoline accidents. Oh my god. (laughs) If you were watching where you were standing or walking, you might tip over a lamp. Or walk a little too close to the fireplace and be set ablaze. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah. Walking onto the street and a passing carriage grabs your skirt hem. Suddenly, you're being dragged into the street and crushed on a wagon wheel. (laughs) God. (laughs) Bleak, right? No, no. This is a good one. And if they managed to survive the perils of home and city life, 
women taking a leisurely stroll on the cliffs of Dover on gusty days were literally <gasps> swept off their feet over the edge like a hang glider to the watery depths below. My fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Terrifying shit. Can you imagine? I walked around in this billowy fucking skirt all day, and I was uh-huh. like, oop, got caught on that. Oop, got caught on that. Oh, there's lavender in my shorts. <laughs> like, everything. Oh, this is... And this is not a hoop skirt, girl. Yeah. I love a long, a, a long you dress. Do. You do. And so I would be like, oh, crinoline, I'm in. Uh, huh? And then I would be off the cliffs of Dover. Yeah. Like a goddamn... <laughs> Fucking, I literally, Danny was sleeping on the couch last night, and I couldn't think of the word hang glider, so I tapped her leg, and I was like, hey, what's that thing where you run off a cliff, and you're attached to a big kite? (laughs) She's like, you mean hang gliding? Ding, ding, that's the one. (laughs) Oof, very scary stuff. Mm -hmm. So, as we entered the 20th century, skirt lengths became less ridiculous, and we all know how scandalous a flash of ankle used to be. So during World War One and into the 1920s, skirt lengths rose higher and higher. So naturally, the fashion industry saw it as an opportunity to sell products to women and also make them stress about yet another body part. <laughs> Enter the ankle corset. Are you... Okay. I'm gonna... Okay. Now what is this? This one is accompanied... Oh, no, it's not. Just kidding. (laughs) Okay. The ankle corset. Why, you may ask? Because chic ankles are every woman's pride. That's what the advertisement sent. (laughs) 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 That is what the advertisement said. The ankle corset helped a woman's ankle appear slimmer. In her new shorter skirt, as well as strengthened, supported, and shaped those troublesome lower legs. <laughs> this, sh- <laughs> this shit's so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid! It's like a crew sock that you lace up. I'll show it to you later. It's like an ankle brace. Yes! Except it's, exactly- it's not bracing your leg. No. It's so that you don't have fat ankles. Yeah. That's... <laughs> stupid. It's real dumb. I do you, do you love a shapely ankle? I know I do. <laughs> Moving ahead a few decades, the modern fashionable lady has all the right accessories cuz fuck Coco Chanel, mm-hmm. wear all of them. Yeah. Fuck that Nazi. <laughs> and you better believe the modern lady wouldn't be cut dead without her cigarette hat. Would you like to see a picture of the cigarette hat? Yeah. This I do have a photo of. Why? Okay. That is a cigarette hat. Do you see that? Like Look, it has... It looks like she's wearing ammunition belt on her head. It does. But yeah. those are cigarettes in there. Yeah. Okay. It looks like she's curling her hair with cigarettes. It does. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it looks like. Girl, you are not Lady Gaga. And those are not Diet Coke cans. <laughs> okay. So, the cigarette hat. These, quote, ammunition hats... Uh, had 20 slots for 20 cigarettes. Again, we all ask why. <laughs> why do we need a cigarette hat? Because women aren't people. They're purses. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, wait. Sort of, yeah. The hat eliminated the, quote, awkward motions of searching through a handbag for smokes. <laughs> <laughs> We're not yeah. allowed pockets. We can't even carry handbags anymore. You gotta carry everything, either in your tits or on your head. That's that's the rules. Clearly. <laughs> I don't like these rules. <laughs> no. Can you imagine what a hat would look like now with all the shit we have to carry? <laughs> iPhone holder. <laughs> Sorry. That's not an ad for iPhone. <laughs> Phone holder. <laughs> it would be like one of those really big hats that you used to get at like, the, the fair. Like playing a shitty game. It was like made of felt. And oh. it was like a big giant. <laughs> it had aliens or like stars and stripes and shit on it. <laughs> yeah. I will also include a picture of that for anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about, because they're real important in the the fashion (laughs) world, I believe. Okay. 
Oh, the advertisement for that one <laughs> said, quote, all she has to do is reach up and pluck one from her hat. Because also everyone fucking smoked when this was happening mm-hmm. because it kept your figure trim. So it was all the rage. <laughs> Other notable mentions in the fashion category. Oh. Inflatable bras. Oh, interesting. Which <laughs> came with a little, literally just like a little straw that you just went... <laughs> And like blew into, and then you're poofed up. I'd like to get my hands on one of those, but I would just treat it like a wine bra. Right? Because if, if there's a built-in straw, I mean. Come on. Other notable mention, uh, pregnancy corset. <laughs> I Because you want to look pregnant, but not too pregnant. <laughs> I was speaking to my mother today. Uh-huh. First of all, the way we treat pregnant women, bad. <laughs> Real bad. Real bad. Mm-hmm. My mom gave birth to my oldest sister mm-hmm. in Micronesia. Oh, okay. And her and my dad were talking about, they would send American doctors over there every once in a while, uh-huh. and they would do their, like, residencies, or, like, sure. it's where they would train up. Mm-hmm. And apparently, the guy who was the doctor, think- thankfully he left before she gave birth, uh-huh. but he was her caretaker up until sure, sure. he mm-hmm. left. And he told her that she gained too much weight. Mm-hmm. She had gained, <laughs> She he said she gained too much weight and needed to lose weight while she was nine months pregnant. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. My mom told me that and I was like, are you joking? And she was like, yeah. And you want to know what the shittiest part? Early pregnancy, I was very sick all of the time yeah. and had lost like 30 pounds. Oh my God. And then gained, thankfully, some weight back, but she still wasn't even at her beginning weight. <laughs> And he was telling her to lose more weight. What a monster. And he probably... I'm going to speculate. This is a lie. He invented the corset for pregnant women. He sure did. That fucking did. God damn it. (laughs) Just let pregnant women have have their babies and be pregnant and don't give them shit for it. God damn it. You're growing a human inside them. Let them have snacks. (laughs) I will die on that hill. I'll die. For sex? I'll die on that hill, too. Amen. We're, rest in peace. (laughs) (laughs) We're on top of that hill. We're dead, (laughs) y'all. I would like to issue a formal apology to Danny, because we did just blow out her eardrums. (laughs) I watched. (laughs) We're we're dead on the hill. Danny's at the bottom because we killed her (laughs) before we got there. Just a bunch of banshees, are we? I think we have people who would probably agree with that. And to that I say, but I guy. <laughs> okay. So, moving on. We're going to dive into the muddy waters of body shaming. Oh! Yay! Throughout history, women have been told what the, quote, ideal body is Mm -hmm. and how to get that, and also have been sold products that guarantee miraculous results. Because, again, what are we here for if not to be desirable for men, right? Mm -hmm. That's my whole life. I don't know what I would do without it. (laughs) Me too. I mean, I married a woman, but, like, come on. (sighs) Okay. This is a PSA. We here at That Broad's Got Moxie believe that all bodies are beautiful and deserve respect. Mm-hmm. Period. End of story. Yeah. That's all there is to say about it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If you don't like it, goodbye. But yeah. for right now, let's talk about this ridiculous shit. In 1890, Professor Eugene Max created a revolutionary tool called the Chin Reducer and Beautifier. Hold on. Photo. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the Chin Reducer and Beautifier. It's As just you. the cigarette hat upside down. <laughs> Basically, so she's got like a roller, like mm-hmm. a bunch of rollers on her chin, mm-hmm. and it's strapped to her head. Mm-hmm. In the way like a dental headpiece is. Yes. And there's two cords on either side. It literally says, curves of youth will be yours if you will pull the cords. So that's all you do. You just like, er, 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 er. these rollers roll under your chin. Uh huh. And that's supposed to work. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
It was used to massage away any flabbiness, sagginess, or double chins, and also had the added health benefit of reducing enlarged glands. And to that I say, if your glands are enlarged to the point where you think you need to roll them out, you should see a doctor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That seems uncomfortable. Yeah. You're a little backed up. (laughs) In in your glandular areas. (laughs) Similar to this, there is another mechanic wonder called the Slendo Massager that appeared about 50 years later mm-hmm. that also used big metal cylinders, like big rolling pins to just roll the fat away. So you'd stand oh. in a cage and these big metal rollers would just roll up and down your body, like over your hips and thighs uh-huh. and like belly and stuff. Again, to flatten you out? Like, I just don't <laughs> get it. <laughs> Am I a pie dough? <laughs> Call me Pillsbury! <laughs> I feel like, you know, I, bet I don't f- know what to think. <laughs> I bet it felt good. Yeah, right? I'm like, sure like a lot of tenseness mm-hmm. in your like hip. That, that's Absolutely. where I carry a lot of my stress and pain and, is in yeah. my hips. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure getting rolled out would be great, but I wouldn't do it <laughs> to with. First of all, I don't want to get rid of my hips. For real. Because <laughs> I like them. <laughs> Thick with two C's. <laughs> Three C's even. Yeah, so probably feel nice, but like, what are we doing? Can we just, can we just, not sure the science behind this, but. They made a shitload of money, so that's Ugh. all that matters, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, these weird massages aren't working? Hmm? I wonder why. <laughs> that's strange. So, try this newest product called Le Parlay Obesity Soap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, did I take a picture of this one? Let me see. Obesity soap. No, it just looked like... A bar of soap. A bar of soap. But the... Advertisement. I'm just going to keep saying advertisement because I really like the way it just... I dig it. Thank you. So the advertisement for this one said, fat is folly. (laughs) (laughs) And using this soap, quote, positively reduces fat without dieting or gymnastics. (laughs) Okay. It literally claimed you could just wash the fat away with proper use. What? (laughs) It was also $3 for two bars in, like, the late 1800s. And I was like, that seems pretty steep. Yeah. For something that doesn't work. (laughs) For regular soap to make you feel bad. (laughs) Okay. Soap that gives you body dysmorphia. (laughs) Are you fat? (laughs) Do you want to wash it away? Use this. It will also make you desperately unhappy. (laughs) So since these products were all garbage and never actually delivered results, people turned to sweating it out. Mm. But not like with cardio. Mm -hmm. Instead, some asshole invented the portable sauna bath uh, that allowed you to sweat inches off of your body while you accomplished all the daily household tasks. What? So, so you I, could like do stuff in it still? Basically, it looked like a giant inflatable bag mm-hmm. that went from your neck down to like mid calf mm-hmm. and your arms poked out the side. Basically, it was like you looked like <laughs> the one who turns purple. Violet. Violet. Thank you. Violet. You're violet. violet. <laughs> You're violet. <laughs> you basically look like violet, but there's like a chic print on it Ooh. as opposed to just being round and blue but yeah you just so you just walk around in a plastic bag mm-hmm. sweating your goddamn tits off <laughs> now i will say as a past wrestler yeah that does seem useful sure but it does only get rid of water weight that's all you're just dehydrating yourself <laughs> <laughs> you're turning your body into a raisin yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're at the same time hydrating your skin. <laughs> because have you have you ever been to sleep with a trash bag on your body? 
Oh, but I bet you have. <laughs> because I have. And when you wake up, it is. It's a lot of water. It's, it's a lot of sweat. It is uh, <laughs> repulsive. I came to know a lot of my body fluids in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and the amount that I could produce. Yeah. I'm talking like bottles of spit. Oh, trash bags no. full of sweat on my body. And it's not glam. And I'll tell you what. I didn't lose weight because of that. <laughs> no, because you drink a glass of water and you're like, well, shit, look at all that hard work I just yeah. got rid of. <laughs> you do it like the night before a weigh-in. Exactly. And then when you wake up, you don't drink, mm-hmm. you don't eat, and then you suffer. <laughs> and then you get to the match. And then you <laughs> you get your weight. And then you get to have an orange. And then you get beat up. <laughs> That's what it's like. What a sport, y'all. What a sport. <laughs> I just, when I read that, I was like, the sheer amount of moisture and stink. I'm having flashbacks <laughs> coming out of that bag. You're harming me. <laughs> it just seems like a lot. I would, I hate cardio. Well, I fucking hate cardio. But I would rather do cardio than do my everyday activities. In a plastic bag. You had to take your belt off earlier today. (laughs) Can you imagine just wearing a full bag? No! I feel like I'm wearing a bag now. I'm hot as fuck. (laughs) And it's not plastic. This is breathable. I just can't. Mm -mm. I'm really. (sighs) Other notable mentions in the diet arena another inflatable sauna balloon pants, which came along in the early 70s, which were not a full body bag. They were just. Plastic sweatpants. <laughs> Plastic sweatpants that you inflated. So you're just bumping off of things all day. Which seems fun. <laughs> yeah. But also, again, swamp crotch. Uh, oh, sticky, sticky uh, everything. Mm-mm. That's a bad time. No. Those things are rotting in there. <laughs> gonna get gangrene. <laughs> gangrene in your pussy. <laughs> Way worse. I was just gonna say that's a wet ass pussy. (laughs) You coming in with gangrene? (sighs) The only other thing I had written down was this thing called Formula X bust reducer, because I don't know. Apparently, in the forties, small titties were a thing. Mm -hmm. Like they were in, which is great. You got small titties, love them titties. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was like, I'm sorry. What? It's just a pill? And you think it's just gonna, like, shrink your boobies? It was, honestly, like, diet pills in the 80s. (laughs) It's probably just a cocaine speed. (laughs) Some sort of terrible drug. Yes. Oof. No, no bueno. Mm -mm. So now, we've arrived at the face. The best part. (laughs) From the Egyptian Malachite eyeshadow... To the French aristocracy just smearing their faces with lead-filled foundation. <laughs> Cosmetics have always played an important role. So it's important to have a pretty face. And who would know the best way to ensure a perfect beat? Why men, of course. <laughs> Are we being stalked by a cat? Okay. You panicked. And then I looked at Kiana There's- and she looked panicked. Yeah. Oh. And it was just all of a sudden a bright white light like flashing against this. And I was like, are we being abducted? <laughs> <laughs> so I had a moment, but it's okay. 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 Yeah. Men don't know shit. Men don't know shit. So from makeup to cosmetic procedures, women have been told how to, quote, put their best face for. Why do I keep saying faced? Quote, Girl, put their best it. face forward, and here are some fun ways they did it. Freckle freeze. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just wanted to yell that. <laughs> uh, so, the freckle freeze is a wildly fucked up machine <laughs> that used, like, a, the head of a pen, used dry ice, which <gasps> if you don't know oh is the solid. I'm gonna get sciency on y'all. That is the solid form of carbon dioxide mm-hmm. to freeze freckles off one by one. Oh, my God. Dry ice, by the way, maintains a temperature of negative 109 degrees Fahrenheit 
and burns your skin after prolonged exposure, after it solidifies the skin's tissue. Yeah. Fun stuff, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Nightmare fuel. Yeah. Yeah. That's bad. (laughs) Oh, I have a picture of that one. Did you need to refill it with the dry ice? The whole... I'm going to try to describe it just real quick. Mm -hmm. So, to protect the rest of the face, these socket-looking things were put over your eyes, and a tube was put inside the mouth so you wouldn't breathe all Mm. the carbon dioxide so you could continue to get oxygen and not die. Mm -hmm. And then it would just... Ah! Yeah. It would just... it This little... The, the head of, like, a pen would just touch your skin for, like, three seconds just until it started to burn. And then it would move. Mm-hmm. And it would go to the next freckle. So instead of having freckles, you'd have a face full of scars. Yeah. From the dry ice that is now... Oh, my God. Yeah. That, that picture <laughs> you showed me looks like it could be from, like, a old yeah. torture porn kind of, like, scary... Yup. It was... Yeah. I'm unhappy. I am. I'm also unhappy unha- with you. Did you know we're in a fight? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. If you were in the know enough mm. before <laughs> you even got freckles, and if you wanted to use it after your procedure to prevent freckles from coming back, you could use the freckle proof cape. <laughs> the- <laughs> that is. Uh, yeah, it is a cape. They're like we have to put a make it a fun fabric. <laughs> Basically, this this picture looks like a woman by the pool, and it looks like she's wearing a real shitty ghost costume. Yeah, <laughs> that includes the two eye holes and the mouth going woo. <laughs> Like on fucking Beetlejuice. Uh. In a in a very chic polka dot pattern. <laughs> so that would protect your face and your entire head, really. Yeah. <laughs> From the sun. And your identity. And your identity. <laughs> Nobody will know who's under there. And thank God, because you look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I, I clearly wrote this with a character in mind, so let me oh. just... Do you want to look like Pinhead from Hellraiser <laughs> and find out exactly how flawed your face is? Well, try Max Factor's Beauty Micrometer. This heavy metal contraption was placed on a woman's head and screws were turned until they touched the skin in 325 places to find each imperfection. So... Oh, you want to see a picture of this one? Okay. Bam. You're just showing me pictures of people being tortured. (laughs) Tortured. (laughs) Fully. That looks like... That looks like... Have you ever seen the movie Sleepy Hollow? Yep. Starring Christina Ricci and Johnny Depp. Uh Uh-huh. Through the red door where there's only torture devices. Mm -hmm. That's where you would find this. Yeah. It looks like just a small, like, head version of an Iron Maiden. Yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. I don't like the look at that guy doing the procedure either. I don't trust him. That's Max Factor. Well, Max Factor can, you know. Yeah. He can take a flying leap. Death. He. To all of them. (laughs) Have you seen that Wendy Williams clip? (laughs) So the man in this photo is Max Factor, mm-hmm. who uh, bas- he was he was in Hollywood, and he was the man who did makeup on all of the fucking like Hollywood royalty mm-hmm. when Head- it was Hedy Lamar. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you know why her face looks perfectly symmetrical and beautiful in every fucking show- photo. Because he put this contraption uh-huh. on her head, measured each tiny imperfection on her face, and fixed it with highlighting and shadowing to make sure that she looked perfect from literally every angle. Wow. Wow, indeed. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. Instead of just being like, 
hey, everyone's different. Everyone's beautiful. Let's enhance it for the screen. He was like, no, no, no. We're going to find out just how crooked your nose is (laughs) and uh, and fix it. Yeah. Science or pseudoscience. Fun (laughs) stuff. (laughs) So let's talk imperfections, skin imperfections. You got a zit? Mm -hmm. Got some dry skin? All the time. Use Madame Rowley's toilet mask. Now that doesn't even sound good. What are they? (laughs) Hold on. I have a photo of the toilet mask. What in the toilet mask? That's. (laughs) I literally wrote that. I literally wrote that. This bitch is going to eat somebody's liver with a nice candy and some fava beans. (laughs) For real. For real. Okay, so I'm curious as to why it's called a toilet mask. I don't know. I don't know why it's called a toilet mask. It's also referred to as a, quote, face glove, which doesn't make me feel any better. Hey, you want to wear my toilet mask? What? No. What about my face glove? Oh, man. So this face glove slash toilet mask is basically just a sheet mask that oh. gets strapped onto your head with leather straps. And <laughs> I said, you might look like Hannibal Lecter, but the toilet mask can permanently remove, quote, every kind of spots, impurities, roughness, wrinkles, etc. Vanish from the skin, leaving it soft, clear, brilliant, and beautiful. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. You're going to look like a deranged murderer while yeah. you have it on in your toilet mask. Can you imagine answering? <laughs> I can just... My brain just went in a different direction. We are opposite direction of fucking Hannibal Lecter right now. Uh-huh. Picture it. You're looking in the fridge. Mm-hmm. You got your toilet mask on. <laughs> Somebody surprises you by coming in the other door. You pop up and go, Hello! <laughs> That is monster. You're a monster. Get out of here. I'd rather see whipped cream on your face. Okay. Are your eyes full of despair and anxiety about the state of the world? Hey, all the time. <laughs> Are you looking anything less than bright-eyed and full of wonder? Yes. <laughs> Try Belladonna eye drops. Excuse me? Yeah, you heard me right. Belladonna, which is another name for the poisonous plant nightshade, yeah, has been used by women since the Renaissance period to dilate their pupils and make them appear bright and watery. <laughs> because that's an important fucking feature. We need to look like we have watery allergy eyes, but also <laughs> enormous, like, cat eye pupils. That's... <laughs> Scary shit. Yeah. <laughs> Super scary. Overuse of this, of oh. these eye drops, could lead to blindness, comas, or delirium, making it a very dangerous beauty practice that lasted until the early 20th century. Yikes. Having a fucking laugh. That's too long. Two. That's, that's 400 years. De- When something's poisonous, why are you putting it in your orifices? Why do you still think it's okay to put in my body? I'm so sad. (laughs) Well, girl, we're just going to bring it down a little bit more. And last, but certainly not least, radium. Oh, you betcha. (laughs) We've talked about it before. Not only was radium being used to illuminate watch faces, it was also going into night cream, hair tonic, face powder, rouge, and toothpaste. Well, I still have a very vivid memory of that deteriorated jaw from when we talked about the radium girl. Yeah. Yeah. In 1918, a radium beauty company called Radior placed an advertisement that read, quote, an ever-flowing fountain of youth and beauty has at last been found in the energy rays of radium, 
when scientists discovered radium, they hardly dreamed they had unearthed a revolutionary beauty secret. So, from here, mm-hmm. from this ad, <laughs> it would be several years before the radium girls would take their wrongful death cases to court, mm-hmm. and the world would figure out the incredibly destructive power of radium exposure. Yeah. What a bummer. Yeah. Everything. Come on. Yeah. Can we stop? I like, you know, I'm glad you're talking about it, though, mm-hmm. and that we can laugh at it and say it's stupid, because sometimes we think we're all that in the modern day Yeah. of like, oh, we're not going to do what those stupid people were doing back then. Yep. And yet, and yet I bet you a few years from now, we're going to be like, can you believe when we were blah, 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 I don't even... There are probably modern day beauty things absolutely that are fully absolutely from cosmetics to to like things you like in like the waist trainers the waist trainers all of all of that detox teas that make you just <laughs> shit your pants every five minutes to really drop those pounds quick like yeah can can we just can we have a moment and just yeah I. One thing that I do when I'm feeling bad about my body Mm -hmm. is because, you know, through history, like you were saying, Uh the ideal body shape Uh of a woman is always changing. Absolutely. So I'm always like, well, my body type is like Italian and Greek statues from back in the day. Exactly. Call me a Botticelli, (laughs) baby. Exactly. And it's just like, yeah, I'm fucking art and I'm beautiful. And people nowadays are just small minded. That's right. They have no taste. Absolutely none. Heathens. Heathens. <laughs> <sighs> so thank goodness we're not using these crazy products to try and meet an unattainable standard of beauty mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> there will always be a new product that claims to make you thinner or prettier or have bigger lips or fuller hair or perkier boobs. Because why? That's capitalism, baby. (laughs) And the patriarchy working together. Exactly. And as long as misogyny, sexism, and the patriarchy reign supreme, we will have to fight against the body shamers and haters and everyone telling us we need to be better. But we are here to say, you do you, boo, and love who you are. The end. Beautiful. Yay. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Who are you doing this week? Mm. I am ready to hear it. Okay. Do you have a list of sources or anything? Oh, I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> One is an article from Inch.World. Uh, this article is called 10 Odd Beauty Inventions Women Had to Use in the Past. And the other one was an article from livingly.com that was called Vintage Women's Products We Can't Believe Were a Thing. Neither can I. (laughs) (laughs) So I used those two articles as like a jumping off point Mm -hmm. and then just kind of bopped around and Googled a lot of weird (laughs) shit last night. (laughs) The Slendorama or whatever it was called. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? What is this? (laughs) Why does she look like she's being smashed by a (laughs) vertical steamroller? (laughs) Trying to iron her out. So, anyway. Now I'll do it. No. It's your turn. So, the Olympics are happening. I'm in an Olympics mood. Perfect. And I name dropped her in the last episode. And this is, I'm going to be talking to you about Vicky Manilow Draves. (gasps) Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, I'm going to begin now. Victoria Taylor Manilow was born on December 31st, 1924 in San Francisco, California, to parents Teofilo Manilow and Gertrude Taylor. Ooh. Her father was a Filipino man and her mother was an English woman. So she was a biracial woman. And they all lived in the south of market area of San Francisco. I think it's also called the Soma yes. area. Because it was one of the three neighborhoods that they could live in Ah, as Filipino people. Mm -hmm. Naturally. (laughs) Yes. They didn't have much options. 
Vicky was aware of racism at a very young age, although her parents' interracial marriage was legal at the time. Mm -hmm. And I believe it was through technicality because there was an American law that forbade white people from dating, quote unquote, Mongols. And they were like, what do the do Filipinos count? And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, they're not. Yeah. Mongolian. Oh, my God. But they, you know, they just meant Asian. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So although it was was legal, Mm -hmm. it was extremely socially frowned upon for those couples to exist. And they feared violent reactions. Vicky's aunt, Mm -hmm. also an English woman who married a Filipino man, refused to divorce her husband and was killed in an elevator accident. (gasps) Was it really an accident? Well, she fell down an elevator shaft. Oh. So I don't think it was an accident because that's not where you go when you're trying to get in an elevator. No. 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 She's probably got eyes. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, yeah. <laughs> A Filipino-American historian, Fred Basconcillo, said that this event changed the, the dynamic of her childhood. Obviously, it's a very traumatic, traumatic thing f- to have a family member be killed due to a hate hate crime. Oh, gosh. So she was taught to look down and avoid like even looking at other people. Mm-hmm. And her mom would walk separately from her father for safety reasons. Oh yeah. When they were out in public. At a young age, Vicky was interested in ballet but couldn't afford lessons, so instead she took up swimming. Mm-hmm. She began attending Commerce High School and was discovered by Fairmont Hotel swimming and diving club coach Phil Patterson. He was like, she's swimming around. That's pretty cool. She's like a fish. (laughs) He offered to coach her. However, they ran into an issue. Mm. Because you see, 1940 San Fran, many public pools were whites only. Oh, yeah. If you were lucky, sometimes there would be a special day once a month where people of color could swim. Sure. But of course, the next day the pool would be drained. It would be cleaned. Oy. And then it would go back to being a whites-only mm-hmm. pool. Vicky, being Filipino-American, was not allowed to join the Fairmont Hotel team either. This inspired Patterson to start a special club mm-hmm. in order to bypass the rules and allow Vicky to practice. However, this arrangement would only be allowed if Vicky began using her mother's maiden name instead of the Filipino last name, Manalo. Oh. Thus whitewashing her identity. Mm-hmm. In a 1999 interview, Vicky said of this choice, quote, I didn't feel great about it because there was this distinction again. I thought that if this was the only way I could start, I would have to accept it. I don't know how my dad ever felt because he never said anything. Later in 2005, she said, I think Patterson was a prejudiced man. It wasn't special for me. It was his way of separating me from the others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sucks. This is a... so shitty. Yeah. It's shitty. Ah, fuck him. Yeah. This is a good. Vicky's fantastic, I'm and excited. good things come. Good things come. Good, good. <laughs> yes. Using the name Vicky Taylor, she continued to practice and compete with the Fairmont team, and continued to experience racism in the sport. Of course, uh, her son David Draves once commented, "Quote: She would actually go to a pool and compete, and after she got done with the meet, they would empty the pool." What the fuck? Oh my god. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with people yeah racism assholes man you're right i just you're right my full of really powerful vocabulary tonight yeah words can't describe how bad it is vicky entered some amateur athletic union meets under patterson's tutelage scoring fine results she wasn't doing great she was diving at this point, to be clear. She's not swimming. She's oh, okay. of the of the swimming and diving club. She's mm-hmm. diving. Gotcha. Okay. So she was getting modest results in this. Her diving was improving, but then World War II, classic, mm. brought everything to a halt. And due to the demands of the war, the clubs, like all diving clubs, disbanded, and she didn't dive for two years. Oh. She took a little break. A little breaky poo. Yep. After the break, she came back to diving, competing as Manilo, not Taylor. Oh, take it back your name, girl. Yeah. She was like, this is a different world. This is post-World War II. Absolutely. We know racism is bad. <laughs> you think. <laughs> right. <laughs> Clearly, it didn't last very long. <laughs> Some would say it never changed. <laughs> so 
1944, Vicky competed at the Amateur Athletic Union Championships, where she met a man named Sammy Lee. Sammy was a Korean-American diver also competing at the event, and they became very fast friends. Oh. It's they're just friends. It's okay. very wholesome. Okay. okay. It's very wholesome. Yes. <laughs> okay. Aww. <laughs> Somebody needs to give me different cue cards. <laughs> Is this an aw moment or an ooh moment? Just, just an aw moment. Aww. Okay. Because Sammy was a Korean-American diver also competing at the event. And I just said that. I liked, I didn't put much about Sammy in because uh-huh. I was like, we're not talking about men today. But he was a very close, supportive person to Vicky. Uh-huh. And in an article that I read, they talked about how, like, when he was doing diving competitions, the pools would be dreamed after he would compete. Yeah. So it was like experiencing that trauma separately, uh-huh. meeting each other, I'm assuming in a sea of whites. Absolutely. <laughs> was probably like a huge moment. Oh, for sure. Like, what a... It's it's one thing to be able to be like, hey, you're a diver? Oh, me too. (laughs) Yeah. It's a whole other thing to be like, hey, you're a diver. Did they drain the pool when you're done? Yeah. (laughs) Me too. Those fucking assholes. Should we... Should we show them? Yeah. Should we show them, Sammy? They fucking did. Yes. (laughs) So, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, they're still at this event, and Sammy introduced the idea of her finding a new team to compete with. Hmm. And he introduced her to a friend and coach of his, Lyle Draves. Draves, like her last name. Oh, mm. okay. <laughs> um, and I he got was, the cue card right yeah. that time. <laughs> so he was a coach at the Athens Athletic Club in Oakland. And his first words after seeing her dive was, quote, she's got gold written all over her. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Vicky agreed to practice with Lyle. And so their coach, athlete, relationship began quote lyle was very precise on the fundamentals of board work Uh, we finally decided that he would teach me as if i had never dived before it was hard especially having performed all of the dives in national competition here i am being treated like a novice i realized how much i didn't know and why i was doing what i was doing Mm. fundamentals so important Mm -hmm. can't can't get enough of the fundamentals (laughs) i'm a coach (laughs) So Lyle was an electrical engineer by day and she was a secretary by day because you can't, money wasn't being made by coaching diving. that's fair. (laughs) So when they would practice, it would be between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. at night. Oh, okay. Um, That's a long day. Yeah. (laughs) And also Vicky walked and took the streetcar everywhere she went. Uh Uh-huh. And unfortunately, late practices meant that she was walking home in the dark by herself every night. Bad time. <laughs> because the streetcar wasn't running. Yeah. Because it was so yeah. late. Concerned for her safety, Lyle began driving her home. Uh, one night, she was sitting a little closer to him than usual, and then suddenly she was just holding his hand. Oh. And this was how their relationship started. Ugh. Adorable. That's so cute. <laughs> Two years later, she had herself a husband, marrying him, and the best man at the wedding was Sammy. Oh, my is the cutest. That's so sweet. Yeah. I read in another article, but it didn't... M- so, their son, David, in the inter- uh-huh. in, an, in the article with the interview, yes. he said it was Lyle's original idea to start going by the name Manilow and not Taylor. Oh, okay. But then, timeline-wise, that didn't make sense. Sure. So, what I took from that was he was very supportive. Absolutely. <laughs> After the nuptials, <laughs> the two continued to train and compete in diving events, and it was really starting to pay off. So she won the U.S. National Diving Championships platform title in 1946 and 47 and 48. And in 48, she also began doing springboard events Ooh. and was excelling as well. Yeah. And then also in 1948, big year, she qualified for the London Olympics, representing one of four U.S. women to compete in diving. Oh, shit. Yep. Nice. At the games, they tried to whitewash her identity once again and mm. told her that she was going to be introduced as Mrs. Draves before oh, her dive. fuck off. Because she was a married woman. <sighs> and Vicky said, no, I know. No, I don't like it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, not- thank you. That's not my name. <laughs> and so they introduced her as Victoria Manilow Draves. Okay. Because that's her name. Yeah. <laughs> 
At the Olympics, she was going to be competing in the three-meter springboard dive as well as the 10-meter platform dive. A double win in these events are talked about a lot, but up until this moment had never been completed by a woman. Oh. Yes. And on August 3rd, 1948, Vicky took home the gold in the three-meter springboard event, making her the first Asian-American to wear an Olympic gold medal. <gasps> ever. Re- ever? Ever. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Later, when it was time to compete in the 10-meter platform dive, she did it. She, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, okay, I'm going to compete now. <laughs> that was a weird sentence. <laughs> On competing, Vicky recalls, quote, I was thinking, please, God, help me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I think every morning when I wake up. (laughs) She's like, I'm fine. I'm I'm 10 meters up. Please, God, help me. I wake, eyes pop open. Here we go again. Please, God, help me. (laughs) And there's more to the quote, too. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I know you're good. I remember sitting by Sammy and I was so nervous that I would shake between each dive as though I was cold. I remember saying to Sammy, I can't do this, Sammy. I'm not going to make it. And he said, you came all this distance and you are going to give up? Question mark. (laughs) Get up there and do what you're supposed to do. I got up there and I tell you, it was like somebody else did that dive for me. I sort of sailed through it and I knew I hit it when I was underwater. And I thought, oh boy, thank you, God. Yes. <laughs> that feeling when she hit the water was right, and Vicky took home the gold in ten, the 10-meter 10 platform dive. Fun fact also. Ooh, tell me. This dive is available to watch on YouTube on the Olympics channel. Really? Yeah. I'm going to watch that shit. And it's... I love watching old Olympic footage mm-hmm. because... Especially when sports have changed so much. Mm-hmm. Because really, diving back then was like... Just the swan dive in and like sure. don't make a splash. Whereas yeah. nowadays it's like do a backflip, triple, double pike, right. hit the water, no splash. No splash. <laughs> but she had she had it down. She was like, swan That's dive, amazing. here I go. Also in the video, it cuts to Sammy and Lyle in the sideline. Uh-huh. And they're so happy for her. They're just losing their shit. Yeah. Oh my god. It's so cute. Now with her two gold medals, history was made. Not only as the first Asian American to win a gold medal, she was also the first woman diver to get that sweet, sweet double medal. Yes. Yes. I didn't write the notes in. Do you know who the second Asian American was to win gold? It was Sammy in the 10 meter platform dive. (laughs) They did it together. They were best friends and they got gold together. Besties and gold medal winners. Oh my gosh. Hell yeah. So the U.S. was overjoyed with the success and her victories, and they were so impressive that Life magazine named her the U.S.'s best athlete of the games. One of two. There was another Mm -hmm. guy, but who cares? He, we don't, we're not talking about him. (laughs) (laughs) After the games, she was approached by Hollywood. Okay. (laughs) Quote, MGM and 20th Century Fox had their eyes on her. They wanted to make a South Sea Island girl out of her to wear a sarong and all this stuff, but she didn't want any part of it. She is an athlete. She's an athlete, not a caricature. Exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine how angry you would be? Like, you experienced would, all this racism up till then, and then you do something successful, and they're like, oh, but we love you, and we want you to represent this, but in a shitty way. Like, Right? Like, I have a question. Can we stop draining the pool after I'm in it? Let's do that. No, I don't. Fuck off with your movie. Can we just not drain the pool after I'm in it? Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> so instead of going to Hollywood, she decided to perform as a professional diver. They first accepted an invitation from the Manila JCs to visit the Philippines, and they received celebrity treatment while they were there for 29 days. Ooh. They stayed in the Malacaang Palace Suite. So they stayed in a palace. That's cool as fuck. <laughs> And also, she was able to visit her father's relatives. He had passed away at this point, so it was like a really nice... Mm -hmm. It's like a homecoming. Exactly. And she performed several public exhibitions and even performed for the president, Elpidio Quirino. Very good job. Thank you. I give myself (laughs) pronunciation guides now. Back in the States, her pro debut was at Chicago's Soldier's Field, and then she also performed in the L.A. Coliseum with headliner Esther Williams and also did a General Motors convention in Detroit. Mm. She was just all over the place. Yeah. 
place to place, diving from 10 meters, three meters. That's, <laughs> I love, I really love the idea of like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm going to Soldier Field. I'm going to show them how goddamn amazing I am at diving. <laughs> I'm going to show, okay. I'm going to show them grace, beauty, finesse, athleticism as I dive straight into the water. No splash. <laughs> Later, she became a feature in the family water extravaganza shows that were popular at the time. So she toured the U.S. and Europe with Buster Crab's Aqua Parade. Aqua Parade? <laughs> yep. I would have gone to that shit in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we should look into. We should look into if they do diving exhibitions. Yeah. I love me some diving. Mm-hmm. I for probably like 20 minutes the other day just watched the synchronized diving because i was like i don't uh, my brain cannot compute (laughs) amazing also it feels like some of the coolest people are divers right they seem very chill yeah like what do you do i climb up on that big thing and then i jump off and spin around a bunch no splash (laughs) no fucking splash (laughs) i slip into that water fucking love that somehow in the time that we have been friends and podcast hosts we have attained a symbiosis <laughs> that we can both go <laughs> and do the same motion at the same time <laughs> we were meant to be <laughs> truly it's been wonderful um Aqua Parade. Aqua Parade. Okay, so she did that for a few years, touring the U.S. and Europe, and then decided to settle back down in Southern California (laughs) with her husband, and they began to set up training programs for young swimmers and divers. And if you do what I did and Mm -hmm. Google her name, Mm -hmm. not Google, if you go to the search bar on YouTube, okay, Vicky Manilow Draves. The first one is her 10-meter platform Mm -hmm. that she got the gold medal for and then the second one is an informational video about like how to dive and (gasps) it's her lyle and their son and it's them like doing like a like an old instructional video absolutely fantastic oh my gosh i bet it's so good it's amazing we're all gonna be looking at these going i could probably do that you probably can't no (laughs) but you probably look at it and go I could do that. I couldn't stand on a platform 10 meters up above water. No. Let alone jump off of it. (laughs) And then land in the water, no splash. Yeah. No. (laughs) I've jumped off a 30 foot, like, rock before Mm -hmm. into just murky water below me. Mm -hmm. Hoping. Hoping that I didn't get stuck in the mud at the bottom. (laughs) Oh, my God. Or any of those. I did it once, nearly pooped my pants on the way down because I was so scared. And then went, that's. I'm done. I'm done. I got it out of my system. I don't need it anymore. In the mid-1960s, Draves became an advocate for the Filipino Education Center when the second wave of Filipino immigrants started coming to America. And in 1968, she joined sprinter Jesse Owens, um, football player Tommy Harmon, and race car driver Sam Hanks at the Sands Hotel in Las Vegas and raised $700,000 for City of Hope's National Medical Center. Amazing! Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In 1969, she was inducted into the International Swimming Hall of Fame. Okay. Mm-hmm. And in 2005, the site of Vicky's Elementary School became the Victoria Manilow Draves Park. Oh, I yeah. love that! Yeah. <laughs> On April 11th, 2010, Vicky died from complications of pancreatic cancer, and she was 85 at the time. What a life, though. Right. Damn. And she was survived by her husband, Lyle, their sons, David, Jeffrey, Dale, and Kim, eight grandchildren, and her twin sister, Consuelo Sessions. And everybody describes her as the nicest, kindest woman to ever grace the planet. She sounds like a goddamn delight. Yeah. Yeah. What a great story. Another story of a woman who fucking just went out there and was like, fuck you and your racism. (laughs) I'm going to go win two gold medals and be a goddamn record, like, 
not breaker maker yeah and just yeah you're welcome and she was also so saying she's the first asian american woman but she was also like the first filipino woman Mm -hmm. and actually the country of the philippines Mm -hmm. just got their first gold medal this year they did from a female weightlifter yeah she's tiny but she's strong as fuck i'm gonna look up her name hitlin diaz is her name excellent brought home the first gold medal for the philippines oh gosh watching that moment and like realizing gold yeah like her face her coaches it just all like the people who are watching Mm -hmm. watching her do this it was just like oh oh my god this is so beautiful (laughs) i just love it yay what a great episode (laughs) yes i am tickled pink with that one way to go team Go team. This is Danny's favorite part when we just ramble. Look, yeah, I, she's ready to wrap me, it up. Give me one. I get. I'm going to talk about a garbage minute here for a second. I got read the Riot Act. <laughs> Don't you dare hit that pause button. <laughs> I got read the Riot Act because Danny's like, you talk too much. Wrap it up at the end. <laughs> so here it is. <laughs> if you like what you hear, go follow us on our social medias. We are at that Broad's Got Moxie on Facebook and Instagram and at Broad's Got Moxie on Twitter. Yeah. And if you wanted to talk to us about anything, you could email us at thatbroadscottmoxie at gmail.com. And don't forget. Don't you fucking forget. <laughs> you better leave us a five-star review <laughs> wherever <laughs> you listen to this. You better rate, review, and subscribe. And subscribe. Five stars. Get it. Or we're, are we coming for you? We are. We're going to fucking come for you. <laughs> Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick into the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.